Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, take your Bibles and go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We've been in this series, Louder Than Words, and, and really the idea behind Matthew chapter 6 is or uh, this whole series is, it's been from Jesus' own words in the Sermon on the Mount. And so up to this point, we've been looking in chapter 5, and you see a lot of these words that Jesus would use. You've heard it said, but I tell you. In other words, he says, you know this, but this is what, how I'm telling you to live in a right relationship with me, that you, you do these things. So today we're going to look in uh, Matthew chapter 6. A few years ago, uh, 2016, uh, there was an article in the Harper's Magazine that came out about a man who had been a treasure hunter in uh, the Florida Keys. In fact, I think I have his picture here for you. And you'll see his picture. He is, he is uh, his name is Jay uh, Mikovich. Jay Mikovich. He's a treasure hunter. And if you know anything about Florida Keys, you know that the Spanish used to move their loot through that area. And sometimes they, their ships went down. And there is told that there are millions of dollars, coins, jewelry, emeralds, all those kinds of things lost at sea there. And so lots of people go to the Keys hunting for treasure. Well, Jay uh, Mikovich, that's what his life was all about. He was hunting treasure from the 1622. And so here's what happened. He's been hunting this treasure and all of a sudden he finds this emerald. And he begins to tell folks in the keys, I have found a treasure. People begin to get excited. 60 Minutes does a whole TV show on him. They people flock to the keys beginning to look for treasure. He gets people, lawyers begin to get around him and tell him how he can protect his loot, what he can do. He gets investors. The investors don't really care about the emeralds. They just want whatever he does with it, however they sell it, they just want a part of the money. Everything's going really well for him until all of a sudden it begins to unravel. Because somebody begins to look closely at the emeralds and realize there's epoxy resin, residue on it. Epoxy resin is something they put on emeralds, not in the 1600s, in the 1900s. What he had done was go find some emeralds, bust them up, hide them, and then said, look what I found. All of a sudden, this treasure hunter got caught as a fraud. Cost him everything, cost him his reputation, cost him his business, cost him tons. He was sued, all sorts of things. Investors wanting their monies, bankrupt, ultimately cost him his life. He took his life all because he was chasing the wrong treasure. And sometimes people in life don't understand it, but we chase after the wrong things. Jesus knowing our heart, knowing that we're all sinful people, that we come into this world as sinners and we all need saving. 
And so in his message, on the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about true treasure. He talks about where our treasure should be. So if you have your Bible, let's look at Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses um, 19 and following. Verse 19 says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for you yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy and your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Here's a big idea I want you to catch this morning. Everyone has to determine which master will rule their life, ultimately determining their destiny. Every one of us have to determine which master will rule, rule our life. And that determination ultimately determines our destiny. Now, little things about this. Jesus begins in Matthew chapter 5, and as he talks about in Matthew chapter 5, it's all about the horizontal relationship that man has with God. It's, it's how we are to live in light of who God is. It's our horizontal relationship between the two of us. Then, I mean the vertical relationship, then we move to chapter 6, and it's all about the horizontal. Our horizontal and how we live with others. So, did I confuse you? Vertical is chapter f uh, 5, all about our relationship with God. Beginning in chapter 6 is horizontal, um, about our relationship with man and things. And as we said back in James, we talked about that money is, is not the problem, it's our obsession with it. And so, in this text, there are four truths I want to give you, four facts about treasures. Here's the first one I want you to see. What you treasure reveals what you value. What you treasure reveals what you value. You come to a place in your life and you begin to think about all those things of what you value. You begin to imagine those things. How does that work in your life? What does that look like? You begin to collect those things. It's that treasure reveals what you value. And in this day and age, Jesus knew that the Pharisees and those who listened valued money, prestige, all sorts of things. And in our culture, we do the same thing, don't we? We come to places in our life where we value material things. We value what we can have. And then listen, here's the thing. We live in a culture that possessions are, are a big deal. I think we talked about this the other week, that we have more people who spend money, pay good money for storage buildings, rent them. Why? Because we, 
we value our possessions. There's nothing wrong with possessions. We live in a culture, we have to have possessions. We have to have roof over our heads. We have to have clothes on our backs. There's nothing wrong with that. Except when they take control. When we're longing for the next fill in the blank. The next vehicle, the next house, the next shopping spree we're going on, vacation, what, whatever. It's in those moments that we have to realize those are becoming our God. In my day and age growing up, there was this singer, one word, who sang a song called Material Girl. Anybody know? Yeah, see, some, I knew some of you, you would catch that. Madonna. Several years later, I mean, just, uh, not several years, just a few years ago, Madonna did an interview. And she talked about her song, Material Girl. Uh, look what she says here. Money is like everything. Money's like sex. It's like food. It's like they're all manifestations of God. They're blessings that we get. But they're not what's going to make us happy. Catch that. Madonna, material girl. These possessions are not what's going to make us happy. They're not real. They don't last. There's only one thing that lasts, and that's your soul. And if you don't work on that, you don't pay attention to that, then all the money in the world is not going to help you. A material girl. All the money in the world is not going to help you. Now, now, don't, don't, please, please hear me carefully. Don't run out of here and go, Madonna is saved. She's not. She, and she'll say that. But she's come to a place and she's wrestling with salvation. She's wrestling with that there is something greater. And she's wrestling with that she knows stuff doesn't make you happy. Jesus said the same thing. Look at Matthew 16. For what will it benefit if someone gains the whole world and yet loses his life? Or what if anyone gives in exchange for his life? I mean, what, what do you gain? Stuff doesn't gain you anything. You know, money can only go so far. Yes, there's a song that says money can buy me a boat. It sure can. But that's temporal. It's only a little while. The second thing I want you to see in our text is this. What you treasure reveals what's in your heart. What you treasure reveals in your heart. As you think about what is in your heart. What is the things that, that happen in your life what comes out? What difference is your heart make? As we've said all along that Jesus tells us from the beginning that we're to live a different life. We're, we're to have a life that looks different than this world. Our life is to be an example of those around us, for those around us. But what's in our hearts? Well, watch this for a second. So I've got this bottle of water. So why is there water on the carpet? 
That's a question for you. Why is there water on the carpet? Yeah, but why is it not Coke or Kool-Aid? Because water was in the bottle. What comes out of the bottle goes to the floor. What's in your heart comes out. You get that? I mean, if I'd have had Coke or Kool-Aid in here, tomorrow morning Nelson would be really upset with me. But it's, it's, it's water. It's pure. And because water is in the bottle, that's what comes out. What's in your heart? What comes out? Jesus tells us from out of our mouth, from out of our heart, our mouth speaks. But the same can be said about our treasure. What we value in our heart, what we, what we hold in our heart comes out. That's what we treasure. If we treasure fine things and buying things and having more money, that's going to come out. What you treasure reveals what's in your heart. And so what's in your heart will come out. Just as like this pure water, that's not going to hurt the carpet, by the way. It's okay. But what you treasure will come out. So what is that for you and I? How does that look? What comes out? Which leads us to the third thing in this text. What you treasure determines your health. What you treasure determines your health. Jesus looks at this passage and and in verses 22 and 23, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Think of it this way. William Barclay uh, a theologian used this example. It's like a window. If you, you look at our windows here in the, the room, they have a frost over them. And so they are to, to help with the light so the light doesn't come in as so pure. The frost is, is uh, okay, it's just a little diluted. But maybe you have a window that's that's been painted or it's dark and the light cannot pass through. Barclay says, our life is like that. Our eyes let in either light or darkness. It's, it's a matter of our eyes. Are we seeing through clear lens or are we seeing through dark lens? How are we taking things in? And if we're looking to the light as Christ is the light, if we're looking to Scripture, if we're looking to these things in our life, if we're seeing that with a pure light, then what comes out of our heart will be pure, holy, righteousness, just. But if we're looking through the lens, through darkness of evil, if we're looking through the eyes, through what, what we can make, get, have what pleasures us well that begins to dilute our heart that begins to dilute us because we're not seeing things pure we're seeing things 
through that lens. And so as we do that, it causes us to, to be unhealthy spiritually. Because everything we look at then turns to, well, I, I'd rather have this. It becomes that tug of war between the things of this world and the things not of this world. And the question is, what treasures are we seeking? Things that we have on this side of eternity or things that we'll gain in heaven. You see, what we treasure reveals what we value. What we treasure reveals what's in our heart. What we treasure determines our health. And we live in a world that tells us that you need to be treasuring a lot of things. But the truth of the matter, Scripture teaches we need to treasure one thing. And that's our relationship with God. And when that is treasured, our horizontal relationships are just in the right place. It's when we get those things out of whack. So the fourth thing I want you to catch from the text is what you treasure determines your God. What you treasure determines your God. Whether or not your God is material things, money, or the things not of this world, what your treasure determines your God. Is the love of money your God? The love of possessions? Or is Jesus Christ the one who died, who saved you, rescued you from your sins? What is your God? Her story about a farmer who came home one day and told his wife, he says, our cows had two calves. Oh, that's great, she said. Yes, he She's given birth to a, a red calf and a white calf. Oh, that's just awesome. And he said, you know, honey, I, I've been thinking all along that I think we need to dedicate one of these calves to the Lord. She said, honey, I'm, I'm proud of you. I think that's, a, that's an outstanding thing. Which one are you going to dedicate? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, let, we'll determine that later. He says, I'm going to treat them both the same. I'm going to take care of them like they're mine. And when we go to sell them... We'll keep the money for one, and we'll, we'll give God the other. She said, honey, that's, that's just, that's awesome. A few months go by, he comes home one day and says, man, honey, I have to tell you, I've got a problem. She says, what's happened? She says, the Lord's calf died. <laughs> what do you mean the Lord's calf died? The, 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 the one I was dedicating to the Lord died, the white one. She said, well, you hadn't determined which one, one you were giving to the Lord. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I really did. It was always going to be the white one. Isn't that how we act sometimes? We, we, we say, oh, we're going to do this. And then all of a sudden we don't. I mean, and li listen. Look at me. We've had, we had, we've got... Scripture example of people who've acted like that. Joshua 6, Achan. When they, when they take the walls of Jericho, God says, I don't want you to take anything. Don't, don't take anything for yourself. Achan says, well, you know, I like this, this robe and I, I like this, 
these 200 pieces of silver and I like this gold and he gathers it up for himself and he takes it and, the, and God said I don't want you to take any spoil but Achan goes oh let's you know what happens to Achan he dies and his whole family dies why because he treasured something more than God King Solomon we read a lot about King Solomon in our text. He wrote a lot. Wisdom. But he also loved women and money to the point that that took him. We get to the New Testament. Ananiah and Sapphira. They're going to sell everything that they have and bring it to the church. And they're, no, Nobody has made that statement. Nobody has required them to do this. They're just going to do it out of their love for God. No requirement. They sell it all. And they come and say, this is everything we have. No, it wasn't. They kept money. One dies. The other one comes in. They hadn't told them. Is this everything? Oh, yeah, it's everything. Well, we just drug your spouse out. We're dragging you out now. They die. Why? Because they treasured stuff more than God. We live in a world that wants us to treasure our stuff. John Calvin says it this way. Where riches hold the domination of the heart, God has lost authority. Where riches hold the dom, dom, domain of the heart, God has lost authority. Here's my question for you this morning. It's real simple. Who's your God? Now listen, I know we're at church. I know we've, we sing about God, but at the end of the day, is God your God? I mean, think about it. Just a few months, we'll be doing tax returns. We'll have to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. When you do that, do you try in every way in the world to fudge those numbers? Or do you say, what Caesar's to Caesar? Because God has blessed me. What do you chase after in this world? What's your heart look like? Can you relate to the farmer who had the two calves? This morning, the thing for us is if we're going to live a life that's louder than words, then our actions have to be the standard by which God calls us to live. And those actions have to be that God is greater than money, possessions, things that we, we have to to make it all about him and not about us. This morning, as we sing our hymn of invitation, Trust and Obey, those are, those are words, that's right, Trust and Obey. Oh, turn your eyes, okay. So the song is, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, either one. If we're gonna turn our eyes on Jesus and we're gonna put them there, we have to trust and obey him. And so as you look to Jesus, does he lead you, guide you? Or do you keep one eye on Jesus and one eye on the world? This morning, the decision is yours. If you're here this morning and 
there's a decision on your heart, we'd love to talk to you about that. Come in to know Christ, joining our church family. Maybe you want to pray for somebody, we'll pray with you right here. Whatever the case may be, would you just turn your eyes to Christ? And would you just trust that he knows what's best for your life, even with the things that you have? So stand with me this morning.